Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome, my friends, to tonight's special Sunday night, spiritual night. Relax, let go, be with Charles. Tonight, greetings from the other side. And I'm going to share on this Veterans Day weekend a little bit about some of the deepest spiritual experiences while I was serving in the Navy, including meeting Michael, my spiritual brother, guide, and connection to the dimensions. A special spirit guide that shared with me and other shipmates some journeys together and our little journey into the Bermuda Triangle. Let's let the music play us in. Welcome, 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 my friends, to tonight's Relax, Let Go, and Be With Charles show. We are with you on a special Sunday night, spiritual night, and we have quite a show tonight, my friends. I'm going to be sharing some of the deepest spiritual experiences of my life, and if you're a longtime listener of the show, you've heard me talk about Michael a little bit, and you've heard me talk a little bit about some of the other things I experienced, and for me... And we're going to get deeper into that. The Navy, starting, interestingly enough, with boot camp, was quite the next stage of a spiritual experience in my life. And coming into this weekend, as well as in my life, I'm just a few weeks now, a few weeks away from my birthday coming up, and we're going to have a very special birthday show, by the way, on Friday, December 2nd. We intended many years ago when we started the show to have this big birthday show, and it was, going to, it was our second show, and we technology-wise messed it all up, so it's going to be exciting because I'm going to have some friends and family coming in, but coming into, coming into this Veterans Day weekend, coming into over this past year with you, it's been almost a year now that we've been sharing together and come back together. And I've been in a place of 
over this past year beginning to create, co-create my mission and take my mission to the next level. And so when I think back and I think now that it literally was 41 years ago, 41 years ago when I met Michael and my understanding of mind, body, spirit, dimensions, everything that you can experience spiritually was going to change and it would change and, and impact all the different phases of my mission in my life of bringing awareness and bringing spiritual connection and bringing healing and how for me those days and weeks and months 41 years ago in the beautiful connections and life-changing things that happened have influenced me all the way up into this moment all the way up into creating the next steps and the in my mission, in my works. And we've talked about on the show, and before we get deep into, I want to give a shout out to the shows that we had this past week as well. We we had our special Sunday night show tonight, so we didn't have a Friday night show. We're also not going to be with you tomorrow night. I want this show and what I'm sharing tonight to resonate and to have some time. And the experience that we're going to go tonight is going to be a very deep guided spiritual experience for you to connect with your soul, guide spiritual entourage in a deep way. Take the next step in your journey and your inspiration and your wisdom. But before we get deep into that, Yes, this last week on Wednesday, we had a really good show, More Precious Than Gold, The Moments in Your Life. It's interesting because then I'm sharing tonight from some moments in my life. And also this past Wednesday, I was on a live stream that was comes off of a YouTube channel that I'm broadcasting about 12 different platforms. And that live stream was all about mental health about if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with stress and anxiety and frustrations and it's it's overwhelming you, things that you can do, ways that you can reach out. They shared some resources. So my friends, and, and our Facebook page is right here in the show's description. If you go to our Facebook page, I shared that live stream on our Facebook page. I know there's many people, especially listeners around the world that may not be part of Facebook or our Facebook page. If you would like to get, uh, I can send you the link to that live stream. Then you see me, see me as well as Jeremy, along with some other friends that had me on as a guest on the show that focused on mental health. If you'd like to have the link to that uh, live stream show that I did this past Wednesday on mental health, just send us an email to relax, let go, be at Gmail and say, yes, Charles, I'd like that link. We'll send you that link. And uh It's a nice thing to watch, but it's also something that you can share with friends and family that maybe are going through some struggles um, or those that may have people that are going through struggles in their life and they can share it. So it's a really great show. They're a paranormal show, paranormal podcast, and uh, they've been having me on about once a month now to come on and we talk about all sorts of things, mind, body, spirit, and also the different types of judgments and and struggles and negativity that they sometimes get 
living and being all about their experiences and people that understand or don't understand. And, and I've talked about on the show too and how there can be a real mental crisis for people when they do experience some very deep spiritual things and then they try to share it with those in their lives and sometimes people don't believe them. <laughs> you know, that's why experience experience at its core is what we shared. The moments of your life are those experiences. And why it's so important to be able to relax your mind and body, to let go of fears and judgments, and be able to reach out and experience for yourself is because experience, (laughs) once you've had certain experiences and you have the access to those experiences, it changes your perception. It changes your ability to be able to kind of refresh yourself when you need to. And it allows you, and I've talked about it before, in in my life I feel blessed because of the ways that I was brought up and the ways that I experienced in many different ways, spirituality as well as religion, which has some crossover and is not necessarily the same. It's very individualized. But I was able to experience so many different things that then very quickly turned me into wanting to help other people to experience those same things. Others people to be able to, for a few minutes, see above the game, see from the soul level, see from the dimensional level. See the connections in your life that are more than coincidental. See the experiences in your life or the times that you're drawn to see something or experience something And that experience or that gathering and those people change your life. And then when you can see from a dimensional space, when you can kind of see above the game, and I call the game being human, being in our minds and bodies, being down here in this moment, but our souls and and dimensions and consciousness around us that we can imagine and, and, and and connect with and those that we can't even imagine are there and all working together and and there's something happening here my friends there's why the moments in your life matter so much and there's for me part of being connected part of being in a spiritual place part of understanding to the degree that we can each from our own perception the dimensions the mind body and spirit around us allows us to let go of so much stress and anxiety and also to see and really understand those connections that are so special and so deep in our lives. And sometimes when you allow yourself to see from that place, you can also see where so many unrelated events (laughs) come together to create something that maybe you could not have imagined ever happening in your world and then it changes your world in a beautiful and impactful way from that point forward. But you think, you start thinking backwards. And when you allow yourself to get in that spiritual place and that meditative place, part of it is allowing yourself to see and understand that there's so much more happening. And there's so much more in resources and connections and ways to have awareness and inspiration in our life. And there's so many things within our own minds and perceptions that we can lock into if we allow ourselves, and then it can keep us 
from being open to that awareness and that connection. There's so many things that can come in in a negative way or a hateful way or a judgmental way. And even though life is all about the experiences, part of it is you want to be able to share those experiences with people that understand it and people that are at least respectful. And in my journey, and again, it was blessed between my grandparents and my mother and, 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 and the Ellisoners, other people in my life that came in and had different ways of presenting spirituality to me. And then the communities I lived in, where I was able to go to different churches. And it was that kind of a, you know, I was a spiritual religious nerd as a kid. I spent those times going, sometimes two or three days a week, going to different churches, experiencing different churches, experiencing different spiritualities. And the Navy was no different to me. But I feel blessed that I already had this understanding of awareness. I'd already had my first guides. I'd already done some astral projection, done been involved in a very spiritual way on multiple levels previous to joining the Navy. And multiple levels being from a household where spirituality and things like ghosts and connecting with the other side and understanding that there was a thin veil, that dimensions existed and were real, and experiencing that as a child and throughout my childhood in different ways. I knew when I spoke and I was around other people that there were sometimes things that I just couldn't say. Or if I chose to share it, I had to share it very carefully. And in fact, for my life, and I thought about this coming into this show, and originally we were thinking about doing this as a Friday show, and then we ended up, I ended up deciding on Sunday, I wanted more time to think about it with everything that's happening and what I'm co-creating with others in these next few weeks in my mission, I thought back to 41 years ago and the, and the events that took place. Joining the Navy for me was the flukes of flukes. And at the time, it happened in a place that I would also in my life call the Library of Libraries. <laughs> I was 16 years old in 11th grade, attempting through the classes I was doing and what I, I, I was wanting to, because I was going to a private school, take extra classes, do things, and be able to graduate either early or early into my senior year, not have to go my whole senior year. I'd gone to private school in my freshman year and in my junior year, so I was basically doing some things to to try to make it so I could graduate early, go into college. That was my goal. Just a few weeks before this time period, for this time period, 41 years ago, I, in September, I'd been elected student association pastor of the Seventh Avenue private school that I was in my junior year. Within just a few months of being in that private school, serving as student association pastor, loving what I was doing because student association pastor got to help plan all the different 
activities and ways that we supported and worked within our community from going and reading letters and being companions to shut-ins or elderly people to reaching out and having programs for youth to having developmental programs in our own spiritual growth and our own spiritual learning. And it was about this time, so that was in September, and I had been there through the summer. I worked as a, I paid my way, my own way through that particular school. I worked over the summer to get extra money. I had a partial scholarship. And it was just a week or so from this time period when a series of events happened, and focusing on what we're going to do with the show, I'm not going to go into all those now, but a series of events happened, and I found myself going home at that time, going home to be with my mother and stepfather, leaving the private school. My last, as, as, as student association pastor, one of the things that you did is you did the Friday night vespers. Friday night spiritual night started for me a long time ago, my friends. And that was a way of bringing everyone into a spiritual place. You had a, a short message and, and maybe some readings from the Bible or Ellen G. White at the time. And then, you, and then you had some music. And it was a way to kind of put your mind and body and spirit into that spiritual place going into the Sabbath, going into a period of time that you were going to just focus yourself in a spiritual way. I realize now going back very much like meditation, very much deep dimensional experiences that I had even then. And on my last Friday night Vespers program, I knew it was going to be my last. Because I decided that I was going to get up and speak to the fact that I thought that both Jesus and Ellen G. White had amazing messages. If you listened to them at the core and understood them in their context. But that I also felt that neither Jesus nor Ellen G. White ever wanted a church or needed a church formed in their name. That as a matter of fact, the church, being that particular church, as well as churches in general, had kind of, not kind of, had messed things up, had mixed up the message, had created do's and don'ts and judgments and fears that reality didn't exist. And in the simplest terms, that Jesus had come to end the concept of sin, not to die for our sins, and that Ellen G. White had come to be a prophetess, almost a medium, a spiritualist, who had these visions. And again, these visions were not about make a church around me and make this whole following around me. These visions were to bring insights so that maybe sharing them could help both the people of her time and forward to reshape the way that they did things so that when this time of transition came and for those that during that time to realize that both Jesus and Ellen G. White shared a similar message, which was the only way that you can truly have a spiritual experience is to have your own connected spiritual experience. And what that is, and what that means to your life and how that influences you is completely and 100% and totally, all the words like that, individual. It's your connection. 
and that the mistake human beings had made was forming these churches around either one of these people. And I contended in my last presentation on that Vesper night that neither Jesus nor Ellen G. White would wanted or would have approved. <laughs> None. Easy to say. Within a few days, I was talking and I knew. I said, yep, I'm resigning and I'm also leaving, going home. And again, there were so many valuable things that I'd come to learn and know, but one of the things I come to learn and know is that the restrictions and the judgments and the fears, even in the most well-intending people around me that were in that particular religion at that time, were causing, and again, being the student association pastor, I had all students coming to me with their problems and their issues and their struggles, most of which were driven by the judgments and fears, by all these rules that had nothing to do with them as individuals. And yet it was affecting their, their thoughts because of their judgment that experiencing their own bodies or experiencing and being totally who they were was somehow a sin or hurting God. <laughs> and when you're that age and you go through it, there are people sobbing in tears because of how awful and horrible they felt for things that they had no reason to feel awful or horrible about, <laughs> except that someone told them so. Not that it was real, not that it was part of the spiritual experience. And so for me, then I come home and I go to this, and I call it the libraries of libraries because three things happened to me in that library in a very short period of time. This was a library at the public school. So I went from my private school to a small public school in South Carolina. They didn't know what to do with me because, again, I was taking extra courses and had myself kind of set to be graduating early. And so we sat down and we went over classes, went over things. But in that particular library is first where I signed up to do a play. And that play went on to be one of the hardest plays I ever did. I, I Once I... Once I auditioned for it, I didn't want to do it, but then I was forced into doing it. And it was a couple times in South Carolina, I was nominated to governor's school for either writing or performing in different ways. And it became the last time that I received that governor's school nomination was for this performance, for this part that I hated. <laughs> and I was playing this old man in a park. And I think the name of the play might have even been something like that. And all this old man did is he had this stick and these different people came by and this old man would try to talk to him and some would ignore him because he was old. Some would listen for a minute and kind of patronize him, but not really truly be listening. And then finally this kid comes along and sits down for a minute and chats with him and asks him about the stick. No one else would even ask him about the stick. And the old man explains that. He'd have this stick his whole life. He'd have this stick when he was a boy and he used to run around with his long lost childhood dog. He'd have this stick and he'd pack this stick and taken this stick with him when he served in the war. He had this stick when he met his wife. He had this stick when his children were born. He'd have the stick his whole life. This stick had experienced 
everything that he'd experienced. And he'd come this day to this park knowing it was his last day. And deciding what to do with the stick. And even when he came to the park, he didn't know. Maybe he just find a place to put it. And he handed this stick to the boy. who he knew was going to carry that stick throughout his life. My friends, it's all about the experience. And I'm in tears thinking about it. Because like us all, I'm very much a human. And I think back now to that play that old man that was playing at 16 years old and it was not until our final performance being honest that I finally connected with him for the for the way that I could as a 16 year old connected with that energy that thought what was happening with this old man and the stick working as I have and I've shared before with all of the clients and friends and family over the years and we've all done it and over this past few months I've joined you joined those out there and losing friends losing family losing them in this life knowing you're still connected to them it's all about the experience and it adds even more weight when I think back now to that play and the old man and the stick. And I realize in my life, in my mission, in my works, speaking to you now, I've got this stick that I want to pass on. And thinking about the time periods that were leading to me, to the Navy, and to the experiences that I would have, and then and then how all the things in our life all connected come back. My friends, as I'm talking to you right now, I have in my office this beautiful stick, this beautiful staff. You've heard me speak of Elizabeth, whose beautiful music we share. Many years ago, Elizabeth started with this beautiful staff in her journey of spiritualism and Native American and Earth-based beliefs. Many years back, at least 20, maybe more, she gifted it to Helen, who you've heard me speak of, and I worked, was my mentor over the years. Just recently, a client who has become a friend and a soul brother came for, he's getting ready to head overseas and be with his partner and start a new adventure in his life. And when he came, he had this stick. decorated with things that have been added over the years by the different shamans and spiritual teachers. And he said, 
I never realized it. And he said, a few years back, when Helen was retiring and leaving her offices, she gifted it to him. And it gone with him on his journeys and his experiences. And he felt in this moment with all the things that were happening <laughs> that he was inspired by a guide we shared together, a guide I'm going to talk about tonight, Michael, that Michael had shared with him. Now it's, it's time for Charles to have a stick. The connections in our life, my friends, <laughs> are not by mistake. The experiences that form who we are. So that library of libraries, that 16-year-old kid who signed up and then became the old man with the stick, <laughs> also became the, the library that I had gone for a number of years just reading only real-life stories, autobiographies, history. And it was in that library that I would read my first Stephen King book, Bachman books, actually. <laughs> and started reading more fiction and also some more spiritual stuff. And it was in that library one day, and I had had no intention. I had a, a, a plan for my life as I saw it. I wanted to graduate high school early. I wanted to go to college. And I wanted, I wanted to become... I knew I was going to be a spiritual pastor, spiritual facilitator of some sort. I also had just pretty much walked away from the church that for a while I thought might be that. <laughs> so I was in an open space. And I can remember it today as much as it was that moment. I walked into this little resource part of the library and sitting there was this thing about uh, different military, you know, like a, it was like a catalog for the Navy, for the Air Force, for the Marines, for the Army. And two of the pages, I think it was Air Force and Navy, might have been, anyway, Navy was one of them. The page was open to, this catalog had all these different jobs that you could have, you know, like what the, what all the different rates, as they call them, but the different jobs you could have in the military. And two of these pages in this room where no one was in, were flipped open to the chaplain pages. And so I was in there for something else. I don't even remember exactly what now. But I looked down and saw that, probably why I don't remember, because I looked down and I saw those chaplain pages open in these two different military catalog books. And in that moment, Something told me, something said, Charles, look at this right here. And so then I read it, and I was like, this is it. This is what I can do. Militaries had already been reaching out to me because of the test you take when you're in high school, and I'd scored really well. So I'd already, you know, heard some things there. I just hadn't considered it. So I wrote some things down, and I got some information that was there, and decided I was going to go, I, I, I'm going to go check this out. And on my own, I ended up going to a place in our small town that basically had all four Air Force, Navy, Army, Marines were just like in a little strip mall right next to each other, military, military sign-up strip mall. And the very first one was Marines. 
and I and and as I walked, I it's funny. I had no intention of joining the Marines, but I just that was the first door. So I just kind of opened it and walked in, and I opened it, walked in, and looked around for a minute, and looked at the other person, and he laughed, and I laughed, and I walked out. Because <laughs> I'm like five foot, you know, I'm a little dude. I don't, I'm not that, hey, there's probably little dudes that have gone really great memories, but yeah, knew that wasn't going to happen. Went down, talked to the Navy person, and said, you know what, I want to be a, a Navy chaplain, I, and and you had to pick three things. So I said, my number one choice is to be a chaplain's assistant, I mean, not chaplain, chaplain's assistant. I said, my goal is I want to get in. I want to get all these credits and stuff. I want to take free Navy courses because you can take free college while you're in as well as have money for colleges. And I said, then I want to be, you know, go to school then go to Annapolis and become a, uh, a full-on chaplain. You know, come back in the Navy as a, as a chaplain. Go from a chaplain's assistant to a chaplain. My second choice was journalism. I'd also won some awards for writing and things. I thought, you know what? Secondly, yeah, I'll be a journalist. Third, just because I thought it sounded interesting, was sonar technician. Well, as it turns out, when you join the military, and for those of you that haven't or haven't had a family member that does, here's how that works. When you choose something that you want to do, depending on the Navy's need for that particular job at that moment, depends on how soon you're going to be in the Navy. So, for instance, if I chose chaplain's assistant, it was going to be 36 months. I could sign up and do stuff now. I could actually probably go start some college or whatever, but it would be 36 months before I got in. If I went as a journalist, I think that was between 9 to 15 months, something like that. If I went as a sonar tech, I could get in tomorrow. (laughs) Well, not exactly tomorrow because I was still 16 years old. So by following this guidance, I really, I really thought about it. I went home because I thought, you know, my whole goal was I was going to go in and be a chaplain's assistant and, and do it this way. And if I couldn't do it that way, you know, and this come out of nowhere, is this something I really want to do? This is a big change from the way I was thinking. And even at that point, I was, like I said, I had the spiritual connections. I had some guides that I was working with, and I've talked about that with different shows, but I had three different guides that were part of my life, and I really searched it, and it was like, no, Charles, you go back. Go back. You've got, this is it. And you'll be able to, and I went back, and I talked with the person, and then I found out that whether you're in boot camp or training or on a ship, you you got to, you know, there was all kinds of spiritual experiences there. There's ways that I'd still be able to be involved in some, you know, all the different churches, all the different religions uh, were represented in different ways. And that I could go in and do this sonar part, which came with also, they really needed, they really wanted to put me on a sub, didn't want to do that. That's another story. But I, you know, then I could, you know, I could earn even more dollars and there were incentives if that's what the way I was going to go. So, you know, I said, okay, then I'll do it. I'll do it that way. And I had to, for my 17th birthday, present to my mother. My mother and stepfather had continually been asking me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, I'll tell you on my birthday. I was very nervous about it. Because I, you know, I, 
my family, uh, on my mother's side especially, were very, uh, my grandfather was a teacher, English teacher. You know, he had helped me in so many ways mentally and spiritually in, in my development ways with his training. And I knew that both he and my mother were not going to be very happy about it when I said, guess what? I want to join the military, but here's why. I'm going to be able to, you know, finish off my, I had two courses, economics and government that I had to finish for high school. And then I would be able to start taking college courses and I'd have, you know, I had a plan, but I also knew this plan was going to be hard to sell. And that day came and I had the papers and I said, here's what I want. I want you to sign this. Well, it did not go over great. (laughs) And there were a lot of discussions that happened. Now, if I remember right, I think my mother did call my grandfather and have him talk to me too. And uh, they both agreed that they thought I shouldn't, that I should finish high school traditionally and go to college from there and then become the chaplain. Then if I wanted to join, join. But I was like, you know what, I'm 17, and this is back when you turned 18, you still got all the different rights and things. I said, you know, this is, I know this is what I want. I know this is smarter. I know I'm going to be able to take a lot of college. Believe me, I'm going to, you know, so I won my battle. I will say that my mom, and I'm thankful for that, went in and renegotiated the contract. I was going to sign up for, I think, at the time, six or eight years. She had me sign up as what they call the ready reservist. So I would technically be a reservist that would, I'd go to my training and I would serve actively for up to 18 months and then I'd go in the reserves. If I wanted to change it during that period of time and stay on actively or do other things, you know, I, had, I had other choices. So good good on her, good going mom, because you, yep, you negotiated a better deal for me. I like it. And for me, I was signing up in South Carolina. One of the choices I got doing the sonar thing is I got to choose my boot camp. I was going to be going into boot camp in January, and there was I could go to Great Lakes, Michigan area. I'd grown up in Michigan, Iowa at this point, live in South Carolina. I was like, don't need to, don't need to see that area of the country. And then there was another base, and then I chose San Diego was one, and uh, I ended up choosing Florida. Orlando, Florida, for my boot camp training, in part because I already knew my sonar training was going to be in San Diego, California. So I'm like, I've got, I've got myself in the good, good climate, good beaches, you know, good things happening. So in a few short months, I'd gone from thinking I was going to be a Seventh Adventist pastor and leading the student association of pastors at the school I was at, to thinking I'm going to be a chaplain in the Navy, to I'm going to be a sonar tech in the Navy, but I'm still going to pursue those spiritual things. I'm going to take advantage of all those spiritual things that are happening there. So when I got into boot camp, it was a great, uh, great company that I was in. There's about 80 of us to start with, and all of a sudden, there was already a group of about, I would say, 15 to 20. The core group was probably right around 12 to 14 that were super spiritual that we each started talking at times, and we had the time about different spiritual experiences and what we learned and what we experienced in our lives, and we started sharing with each other. And then there was also the groups that were really more religious or more Jewish or more 
Christian or more Muslim. They were definitely, everyone kind of had their group. And we kind of found this group of like, I call them spiritual kids because we were all younger uh, for the most part. And I was taking full advantage of the fact that on the weekends we could go and we could visit all these different churches. I was, I was studying the Mormons and I was still hanging out with some Adventists and I was going to the Baptist and the Catholic and the Jewish. Matter of fact, at first I, I kind of tried to say that I came from a Jewish family because I didn't understand that you could convert to Judaism. I thought you had to be Jewish to be Jewish. So, but within a couple times of going and they asked my mother's, family name and etc and I gave it to them and I tried to say that my mom was Jewish <laughs> they they were like well that's not a Jewish name and I thought well you know they explained to me don't have to be Jewish to convert or be a Jew you have the Jewish faith and I'm like okay so I was learning a lot of things and I was enjoying it and I got and I was even talking with the pastors and priests and saying you know I want to be doing what you're doing like this is this is the track that I see myself on And during that period of time, we started, those of us that had that shared that spiritual experience that was more at the time called spiritualism, we shared together and we started talking with each other and we started having, which was not by Navy rags, but we weren't hurting anything, but we started going into what was called the smoke room or the gathering room. And we would go into that room at around 12, between 12 and 1 a.m., and we'd hang out together and we'd kind of share some of the spiritual experiences that we had. We even a few times had some spiritual experiences where we would together, for lack of better words, you know, I hate to call it a seance because there's a connotation that comes with that, but a spiritual gathering of sorts where we would come together and we would each get into a certain space. Each of us knew different things. I'd already known and had been experiencing working with guides, so had some other people. And we had some true spiritual experiences together in there that were pretty phenomenal. And they, and we, here we were, people from all different parts of the country, all different walks of life, and yet we were sharing this together. And our group started growing a little bit. We didn't do it every night because you, you had a lot to do physically and mentally during boot camp. And it, it, was, it was crazy enough that we were meeting at 12 or 1 on days that we're probably getting up some mornings at 4 or 5 or no later than 6. So, so I think we were doing it like once or twice a week, uh, different nights, different times. And while we were in boot camp, there were different holidays and different uh, religious as well as spiritual things that holidays had happened. So we, you know, made that part of the coming togethers. And so I was in this space of all these different spiritual experiences and really even then in my life, even then to those people all the, at that time saying how crazy it was that I was even sitting there in that room with them, you know, how in just a short period of time, my life, had, and then some of the people that I met there that we had this spiritual experience with shared how in each of their lives, they weren't necessarily planning on joining the Navy or doing this or coming to Orlando. Two of the people that were probably the biggest co-creators of the group we're going to be going to different boot camps, but the last minute something got changed and they ended up being at that boot camp. And because of when they arrived, they were supposed to be in a different company, but they ended up being in our company, in our group. So many things that come together when you see above the game, when you see it from a dimensional place. And then for me, one night I'm on what's called the fire watch. 
And it's a way of just trying to teach you to be on guard duty. <laughs> you know, in the Navy, you have different places where we, even on our ships and things, we had our, we had, we had times when we were in port where we had people that, you know, of course, would guard the ship from only people that were in the Navy and supposed to be on that ship could get on. And then when you're out to sea, you definitely have people that are standing by in different situations so that, you know, you, only people on the ship are the people supposed to be. So we're on our learning how to be on guard duty because we're on what's called fire watch. Now you're on fire watch in the barracks with approximately 80 dudes that are all sleeping. So there are no fires. <laughs> Not good. One thing you could be assured about on fire watch in the Navy is there won't be a fire. <laughs> if there's a fire, somebody's doing something entirely wrong <laughs> because everyone's sleeping and, uh, the smoke room shut down and even when we used the smoke room for our spiritual stuff we didn't start fires you know so anyway i'm on fire watch and i'm going down and in our boot camp in our quarters that we had because you had 80 guys that had to get ready and get around we had these giant mirrors pillar mirrors that had a mirror on each side kind of a square and they ran down the center so that when you had everybody getting ready, everybody could have a mirror to see, although that was interesting because we didn't have any hair. It was all shaved off, but you had to tie your, we had our Navy, Navy uh, scarves and stuff that we had to wear. Uh, that had to be tied a certain way and all that sort of stuff. So we had to make sure everything was prim and proper, right? And I'm passing by and it's probably about two, three in the morning and I'm passing by in the center doing my walks around and my fire watch and I look and I see in one of these mirrors someone that looks like me but I, it's not me and I can't explain it if you've ever, ever experienced spirituals or ghosts or guides or connections with and I have since then too in a mirror you know you can see a shadow you can see an outline this was seeing as though this person like when I looked into the mirror my first instinct, what I did in that flash of a second, is look behind me. I literally, I jumped and looked behind me. Because it was that certain I was seeing reflection of someone, but I could tell it wasn't me, but it was intermixing the way the mirror was set. And I said, who are you? <laughs> I mean, that's, Again, the spiritual place I was in, the connected place, the fact that I'd seen it so clearly and was still seeing it. That's the other thing. I look behind me, I jump, I look forward, still there. And I look into that mirror and I say, who are you? And the response that I heard, and when you experience things spiritually, dimensionally soul consciousness to consciousness however you want to put it it literally comes through in such a way that to this day i can't tell you if i was hearing his voice or if i just knew his thoughts i do know that i was speaking out loud because someone behind me actually my bunkmate to flip above me at one time heard me talking and saying stop talking i'm trying to sleep so I knew I was talking to him out loud. But he shared with me in that moment, he said, I am your spiritual guide. I'm also your soul brother. 
we're connected as consciousness as awareness as well as I was going to come, I was going to be there with you in this life. We were going to be brothers. We're going to experience things. We're going to do things. We're still going to do those things, but we're going to do them with me being here and you being there. And if you've had that type of experience, and maybe if you haven't, maybe you will tonight when we do the experience together. But when you have that kind of experience where you connect with your guide like that, you connect with the soul, I knew the words that he was saying were was true. I could feel the familiarity. I felt when he said, I am your soul brother, I, I felt it and I knew it. Even though I couldn't quite explain in a physical human way totally what that meant, I knew what he was saying made sense, that as souls, as consciousness, as awareness, I'd all, I was already aware of the fact that Mind and bodies are the avatars, the souls, the consciousness are part of something that's bigger, something that is beyond what we can fully understand, and that those souls, those consciousness, vest in this game, vest themselves in these avatars, vest themselves in these experiences. But there's something bigger, and I knew that, and I experienced that. In our work together, he would show me the dimensions. We would ask to project together and there were things that I would learn and talents and insights and wisdoms, things that I would learn and experience and it started something that came throughout my everything that came past that moment. There were times even when I was working a retail manager or business manager, people around me would have these spiritual things going on and some of them defied Common explanation, to put it at best, it's talking about walk-ins, talking about other types of consciousness and spirits, and somehow I'd be in that place in that time, and my connection to Michael would be a part of it. Well, more than a decade later, when I ended up being and moving to the inland northwest where I am now, and starting the, in the career and the trainings to be a hypnotherapist, and then going and becoming ordained and learning some of the spiritual and shamanistic ways and ways of working with mind, body, and spirit, Michael was there every step of the way. For those that took, you know, and if you haven't, look back, my friends, we have a Pathetoral Consciousness, a series of 10 workshops that we presented in our shows just a few weeks ago. Well, now it's been, it was February through April, I think. But anyway, they're there. And the Pathetoral Consciousness was inspired and co-created by Michael. And then when I started doing the Path to Total Consciousness workshops, and, and sometimes I had as many as, as two workshops going a day, four, three to four days a week, and I would have certain workshops in certain groups and certain retreats because they did workshops and retreats and special path nights, and there would be people that would, Michael would also become one of their guys. The client who's getting ready to go on his worldwide adventure that brought me the stick. <laughs> Michael's one of his guys. Earlier this year when I was just starting up to do private sessions and to reach out in a certain way and was thinking of different people I could reach out before, before I could even reach out, this person reached out to me and said, Michael told me 
to reach out to you that you're ready to do some work and I'm ready to do some work again before I make these trips and I do some things. And so thinking I was going to join the Navy and become a uh, chaplain's assistant and then come back and be a chaplain and do all these things, I really believed and saw with my heart and soul and it felt like a guidance. And so that was why it was so important to me when things got switched up and I knew that I knew that I wanted to go now and so that I'd be the sonar tech and that was a whole nother experience that was awesome. But I, at the time, I couldn't imagine that, it's, that what was going to happen. I knew the spirituality was still going to happen. I just didn't know how. And yet, here's where I meet Michael. Here's where I meet other people from around the country who are sharing in this spiritual experience who also have experienced being on other dimensions, have also experienced that their soul, their consciousness, and once you've had those experiences, they're yours. You know what you've experienced and that, and here, we're, here we were gathered together and what in each of our lives had come together to, to allow these things to happen. There's a key word, allow these things to happen. Because soul, consciousness, awareness, the one, our angels, our guides, they, they create a picture. They create a, a drive, an inspiration, a wisdom inside us, and we start to follow that. We start to become a part of it. And then our minds and bodies, which are two-thirds avatar, right, that's what we, what we interact in this third-dimensional experience with, we, given our own perceptions, giving our own awarenesses, our own guidance, in our perception, we create a picture. And when you're in mind, body, spirit, and in flow, you have to allow that picture at times to redevelop. And I've seen so many times in my life where spirit brings me to a certain point, a certain experience, and then when I get to that experience, it's like, and this. <laughs> you, you, we are co-creators, and I say it so often, we're co-creators in our life. We're co-creators in our experience. And the more awareness you have, the more connection that you can allow yourself to experience with your consciousness, with your awareness, yes, with your guides, yes, with your spiritual entourage, yes, with the spiritual elementals and natural uh, earth spirits that surround you. You can co-create, but you have to allow yourself to realize that that picture changes. That's why it's so important to be in a relaxed space, to get rid of stress and anxiety, frustrations, struggles, judgments, fears, and yes, sometimes beliefs. Because beliefs are based on what we've experienced or known or been told up to a certain point. <laughs> Often what changes our beliefs or what adds to the foundation of our beliefs is when we experience more things. So if there are beliefs that keep you from experiencing all of who you are, if there's beliefs that, ex that keep you from knowing and being all of who you are, that's a, that's a challenge and it's a decision for you to make. And I challenge you, my friends, to allow yourself to experience and know all that you can know or be aware of, which is going to be changing on a daily basis. And allow yourself to let those pictures change. When I first moved up here from Florida where I live now, I never imagined in that moment that I would be doing 
the works that I'm doing now are be with you tonight the way that I am. And yet I can look back and see how each step formed that next moment, that next belief, that next level of understanding and awareness that allowed me to understand and be aware a little bit more and experience a little bit more and bring that experience and that awareness into my life. And for me, in all the times that we've been together and all the times that we've shared, I am so, and everyone that knows me knows it's so important to me that the things I share, I share from my perception. These, these are the things that I experienced. Here's how I experienced them. And I can share with you, and you can have some experiences. Your experience is going to be individually yours. And we're both... Now, there's insights we can get. My Michael, who I've learned over the years, and if you've been a long-time listener to the show, you know that there's, you know, or if you're a spiritual person that have, that knows of, like, the Michael Handbook and the Michael Monks and the, the, uh, the Michael groups that come together all over the world, I never knew in that moment 41 years ago. It wasn't until I was probably in the 90s, 1990s, so almost two decades later, did I find out that, there, that the Michael that I'm associated with, my soul brother, my guide, my connection to the dimensions, is also part of something even bigger that is there's people all over the world that have that connection and that insight. And the reason it's so important, my friends, and, and, and young and my development with the family members that were teaching me and coaching me and 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 the readings that I was doing I remember at one time asking I think it was my mom either my mom or my grandfather but I think pretty sure my mom when am I going to have a guy when is well when it when it's time and and the year leading up to the year previous to uh joining the navy for that year I had three guys and they all told me and remember, one in particular is very close to a couple hard ever spoke, but they were always present. And one told me, we're, we're help you. You wanted some guides. You wanted some help. You wanted to learn some things. Your guide is coming, and it won't be here, and it won't be now. And that was in South Carolina and <laughs> when it was 15, and it was when it was 17, and in Florida that the connection with Michael would come. And the, the importance of having a guide is that for safety, for connection. We can connect to our souls and my friends, connecting with your soul, being in meditation. I love that there's so much. I saw some new things on Netflix now that are all about meditation and how meditation now, now they can measure the energy that comes through you with meditation. They can measure the brain waves. They can prove in a scientific way something that all of us that have done it for years know you connect to something. And one of the specials I was watching recently was talking about the fact that there is a universal bandwidth vibration, if you will, that is thought to be at some of the lowest consciousness levels that they have seen that people in meditation achieve that level of connection. And they, one of the persons has described it so greatly that when you get into that meditation, when you get into that conscious state, that you connect at that vibration, you connect at that energy level, at that consciousness level, because we have different levels of consciousness. We learn that in hypnotherapy too. You is a different from our waking consciousness to our dream consciousness to our deepest level 
of consciousness. And at that deepest level of consciousness, you connect to what now is being referred to as a universal energy, a universal connection, which guess what? Can allow you to see and experience other dimensions, see and experience other souls that you're connected with, see and experience more insights about this life and what's happening for you. But you're connecting on a dimensional level with all of these different amazing dimensional beings and planet worlds, I call them worlds, (laughs) that are out there. And it's there and it's real. And science knows it's real. It may not agree with what some of us experienced in meditation. They may not, as in a scientific way, be able to say, yes, water world exists, for instance. You've heard me talk about that before. Uh, And we're going to get deeper into that. We're going to go deeper into the realities of life and connection, my friends. But having that guide, having your soul that you can connect with and be aware of why that soul, why that consciousness wanted to be so much a part of this life. And then having that guide, that guide that can connect you and show you and help you experience things and also serve as a guard, a vanguard, so that when spiritual things around you and all those spiritual, the more aware you become, and I work with many people that come to me for sessions because they're seeing things and experiencing things, and they're not able to control it, having a guide in place helps because that guide then serves. That's anytime spiritual stuff would happen around me from the point that Michael and I became connected, I started saying, go talk to Michael. <laughs> if Michael thinks I need to talk with you, interact with you, do with you, you know, otherwise you'd be gone. You know, otherwise you're not, you know, don't disturb me. If you are here and you want to come through things, that guide becomes a channel. That guide becomes a protector. That guide becomes someone that in every part of your life, can help you enhance your understanding and your awareness and your experiences judgment-free. One of the things I've made mistakes of over the years, and I say mistakes and I claim, as a human person, is that I will get in places in my life where I feel like I'm not doing everything that I need to be doing or I'm not, you know, I have these goals and these things that need to be happening and I'm falling short or I'm spending too much time thinking about this or that. And, and I more than once in my life and my being all of who I am, I would go to Michael and I'd be like, Michael, is it okay this? Is it okay that? Michael, is it okay that I'm bisexual? Michael, is it okay that I think that people, that I understand transgender people? Michael, is it okay that I, that I feel that I should marry people that love each other regardless of whether it's legal or not? And what I mean by that is men and, you know, same-sex couples and poly couples. Michael, is it okay that I am everything that I am? And throughout my life and throughout my spiritual experience, and if you've been following the show, you know that people like way back in the years, Reverend Leroy Albers was one of the first big spiritual leaders that told me, you know, go be all of you individualized. He was a pastor and evangelist for a Seventh Adventist church, yet he would own his truth that the and that Seventh Adventism was not the only way to be, and that there are many ways to be connected to love and light. And some of them religious, and some of them weren't. And many of them came with rules and and judgments that just weren't real. So I was lucky because I know so many people in their lives, and I worked with so many clients that those judgments and fears they didn't have that influence saying, "Don't worry about it. This is not not. This is just nonsense." And it really affected them in some really strong and powerful ways. 
Guides are important. And if I hadn't followed that, and I, it, that's the other thing about meditation and connection that's so beautiful. When I went and talked to the Navy people and I found out, you know what, you're not going to be going in. Well, I could, but I'd be waiting for almost four years if I wanted to go in and be a chaplain's assistant. But who knew that then getting involved in the Navy, I would have this experience and connect with my guide and have these experiences with my fellow shipmates in, in boot camp. And we would share and experience these things together. And being such a spiritual focused person, and I talked about this just a few weeks ago when I shared some about my life story, is that during boot camp, one of the things that you got to do is you got to, you had one, when your last two weekends in boot camp, one weekend, you got to either go to SeaWorld or Disney World. And the other weekend was a free weekend, usually friends, family, people were coming for graduation. And then you could just go to, you know, have some days and nights out and then and then you were done and then you headed to your next assignment. And for me, when it came to that weekend where we got to choose and we got to choose either to go to SeaWorld or Disney World, a couple weeks before that, I had already gone to my CEO and XO and my boot camp company and, and even talked to a couple of the spiritual folks, some of the pastors that were in chaplains that were at the religious center and said, you know what? I found out that Leroy Elvers, the evangelist that I worked for for years when I was uh, preteen and teen in Iowa, has retired and lives in Orlando. Instead of going to Disney World or SeaWorld, can I arrange to go spend the weekend with him? And it was so interesting because there were both people in my, like the chaplains all got it. They were like, oh no, I think yes, we'll sign off on this. This is different, but he'll have to pick you up here. You have to be back by this time. And normally we wouldn't, it's not, this was called, called a controlled weekend. That's why you had to go one of the two places. But they, you know, I could arguably say, look, you're going to let people go wander around SeaWorld. You're going to let people go wander around Disney World. All I want to do is go and spend the weekend with this retired evangelist. We'll go to church together, and then we'll spend the Sabbath together just being spiritual and sharing and, and, and talking. And so, so as far as being safe from potential badness that can happen, you know, like, they told people, don't drink too much, don't do this, don't do that. It was like, see, none of those things will be happening. And so I spent my controlled weekend with Leroy Albers, and I was able to share with him about the experiences that I was having with Michael, about the experiences I'd had. And I knew from a religious standpoint that part of this would be challenging to him. I also knew, since I knew him way back in my teen and adolescent years, I knew that he did understand and he was aware and he had shared with me stories that he had gone through as a pastor of knowing that there were definitely things and not all of them were bad or evil that were that we could connect with on the other side that could be in love and light. And we shared together and we even prayed together about it. And and he in that weekend told me, he said, Charles, there's something he goes, we used to call it in my day, touched. 
He's like someone like you, Charles, who would say you've been touched by the spirit. You could see things, you could experience things, you could be part of things that were that not everybody can see doesn't mean it's not there. He said, I want you to be careful. I want you to be careful to always pray about it, to always bring love into it, to always make, if something doesn't feel right, then to reject that, you know. He goes, you have a good mind, you have a good spirit, you have a good heart. If it doesn't resonate in that love, if it doesn't resonate in goodness, make sure that that, that's super important. And I and I shared that story with people later and over the years, and there were people that were like, there's no way that a Seventh Advent pastor told you that. And I'm like, yes, it did. Because what I discovered over the years, my friends, in doing all the works I do and working with pastors and priests and different types of shamans and spiritual people over the years is that behind closed doors, many of them believe and experience things that do not match with their particular church or religion and many of them stay in their particular churches and religions out of their own choice, realizing that they're bringing love, they're bringing understanding, they're bringing awareness, wisdom, and, and enlightenment, even within their peers, and that that's what changes things from within. When I left boot camp, I was just really... And then I got to my A school out in San Diego, and that's where we learned our sonar training. And I was going to share maybe more about some of the non-spiritual parts, but given time, I'm going to just dive right into it. I got out there, and sure enough, we met a group of people, again, that were, and some of them definitely more experienced and more connected in some ways. I learned with me, and we started gathering the core group of us gathered sometimes as many as three to five nights a week. And we just worked together and we tried different spiritual things. And then we would, we would work with those things throughout the day. Um, and throughout a couple of days and then come and share with each other, what we, what we learned and what we experienced. And as that group together, a couple of weeks in at the guidance of one of the other co-leaders, I'd say there are three of us there too, that became kind of co-leaders together we formed together and said, you know what, let's reach out and let's bring in, because we each had our guide. We said, let's bring, let's let Michael, I'll let Michael speak through me. Let's connect in different ways. And let's ask if there's a ways that we can learn and connect together. And my friends, for a period of, of several weeks together, we gathered together and we experienced a spiritual teacher that came with the blessings of all of our individual guides who described his job as being, or their job, I mean, I'm putting human terms on it, but their job as being being a teacher for people like us, but not just people like us on planet Earth. That was interesting. It was the first time that for a few of us, of course, we knew there were dimensions. We knew there were souls. We knew that there were, you know, like, for instance, we know angels may be on the seventh dimension. We know there's other things that go on in our universe, but this was the first time in dealing with Thermelius, and that was how he presented or how we heard his name. We, had, we never thought we got it precisely right, but it wasn't Cornelius. And it was, a, it was a kind of a, a combination of kind of a Thor-Nelius. And what he was sharing with us is he said, I'm a spirit teacher who's here to help teach you, and you are all going to be teachers yourself someday. You are all 
going to be spiritual leaders, and that's part of why you're gathered here together. And the interesting thing about that is of those that small group we were in and the three people that were all co-creating this group together, we all had initially come in to be chaplain's assistants and none of us were. <laughs> so we were, we were really comparing. And that's when I say, when I've studied my lifetime consciousness and the mind, body, and spirit and the effect of spirit and, and how much our own perceptions can guide us and yet how much alike each other we are. <laughs> Here we were with the group of people that we're all coming in thinking this was going to be their path. We each had put either a second or third sonar. We were now doing sonar <laughs> training, and yet here we were together experiencing the spiritual teacher that we were that that shared with us that he was a, that they were a spiritual teacher for leaders and teachers on their worlds on their worlds. So we immediately found out and had questions about, well, how many worlds are there? And the answer, more than we could imagine. And it wasn't, wasn't something we needed to worry about. By being connected to our guides, by being connected to love and light, by focusing on why we were here, there were definite things we could understand about the universe and each other and that we could share with others, especially when it came from breaking out of judgment, from breaking out of fear, and from being in awareness and encouraging people to have the experiences that they came to experience. Another clear thing that he was so clear about, Thurelius, is that when you are a true leader of spiritualism and awareness, and you are connected in the universal flow, then you will also understand that just because you experience something or see something or believe something to be a certain way, please know and own that that is individual to you and has nothing to do with anyone else on this planet and certainly even less to do with what's going on in all the different dimensions and planets around us. I would often, for years after, and I still have in my writings, some of the writings and moments that Cornelia shared with us. And I've spoken about it before and spoken about the experiences, but two major things I'll say is one, that any time when we got in that space and we got to gather together and we were in these small rooms that have four bunks and four closed-in lockers together, and we got in these small rooms, and, and at times we had so many of us that we'd be in a circle kind of around where the lockers were. Sometimes it'd be small enough that we'd be in a circle right, right next to each other. In any case, once somebody two things would happen. One, when that spirit, when that consciousness came into the room, a light, a ball of light would come into the room and it would go around the circle. And as we spoke with each other and we shared with each other, we shared that, in fact, as that light, as that, as that circle came around, that there are people that would, would say later that they felt the guidance, they felt Cornelius saying, can I speak with through you, and they would say, no, I don't want to do it. So we go to the next person. Whoever Cornelius was speaking to, that ball of light, that energy, would be right above their head. And the minute Cornelius went away, it would be gone. That was number one. Number two, on more than one occasion, 
interesting things would happen. And what I mean by that is on the very first time that we gathered as a group and Cornelius was there, someone that came into that group, more more Christian religious leaning, also very open to spirituality, to awareness, to dimensions, you know, had also had experiences himself that he knew. But he had asked for a sign. At one point during the conversation, and that was when there was probably about seven or eight of us in that first gathering, he said, Cornelius, can you do something that could, beyond a shadow of a doubt, tell us that what we're experiencing is real or something that you speak of dimensions? And he, these, were, these were almost, as, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but almost his exact words. You speak of dimensions. Is there a way that you can prove to us in this moment or, or within, you know, something that we would know and we would know absolutely that something had happened and that it was from not in this room or not in our dimension, not one of us sitting right here. And when we got up to leave that night, he had worn in, when you're in the Navy, you're either in your shoes or your showers, you know, like we're in the barracks and, you know, at this point now we're not in boot camp anymore, we're in the rooms that share four bunks. And we're in that room together, we're in there, and many of us had worn flip-flops instead of shoes because you're just coming right from wherever your room is. This is later at night, you're just going back to bed and get some morning shower, blah, blah. So anyway, and all of our flip-flops have our name on them, you know, your last name, et cetera, and and at this point in, in A school, you could also have boot camp. Everyone was issued everything exact the same. But at this point, you could have, like, your own stuff going on. You know, it didn't have to be all just military stuff. Anyway, this guy gets up, and his flip-flops are gone. And there's only, like, like I said, there's, like, seven of us in a circle. So we get up. Everyone's got their, either their shoes or their things, and they're just not there. And he looks around and, we, you know, it's, again, this is not a big room and there's no hiding spots. It's like, you know, we just got up from this spot, the light's on. There's the four desks, four bunks, or, you know, two bunk beds and these enclosed uh, lockers that are kind of a wardrobe slash locker. And they're nowhere to be found. And we're all looking around and he's like, come on, guys, stop messing with me. Who has them? And we're all like, no one got them. And then someone's looking over and they look at the top bunk of one of the bunks and we were, the way we were sitting, the bunks were kind of behind us. And, 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 and he goes to this top bunk and he goes, what's in there? And he points and in the military, you make your bed, especially in boot camp, but even on the ships, I imagine for all the rest of it, where they're at, it was similar, but yeah, you have to make those bunks and those very tight. <laughs> and so you had a bottom sheet, then a top sheet, and then a blanket, and those were very tightly tucked in all the way around. And boy, you better be able to bounce a quarter on it. It better not have a single wrinkle in it. And what this what this person had noticed, and he said, look, there's a little, what's this lump? There's a lump in the middle of this bed. <laughs> and so we all go over, because again, right, it's not a big room. We're all right there. We look over, and we're like, well, there is a lump. What is? And so he kind of pushes it. And he's like, I swear to God, this feels like a flip-flop. <laughs> so we literally tear up this bed, and underneath 
the blanket, underneath the top sheet, underneath the bottom sheet, are his flip-flops with his name on that he wrote. It was his name, you know. And we were all stunned. And we were quickly remaking the bed because that dude wasn't even in the room. He was a roommate of the guy that we were, you know, hosting in that room. So we're like, we need to make this bed back. And but we all, we, we, we talked about that for a few days. We were like, okay, that was a very simple thing. You had challenged him. You said, can you do something that can show me? <laughs> and, and where we were, and he knew. He was like, well, he's like, no one ever got up from the circle. And certainly, if someone had got up and unmade a bed and stuck flip-flops in it and remade it, we would have seen it. We could see each other from where we were at. <laughs> like no one had been able to do that if they were doing that, even though we were, you know, had the lights off, there was still a light from outside the room. And, you know, it wasn't, we would have seen someone doing that. And he, as he pointed out, they were sitting right next to him. He would have felt if someone came and picked him up and who did that? Because we were all right there and we were all in the circle. Very simple. A few weeks later, one of our last weeks, but not final week, someone came and they, we were real hesitant about letting this person come, but they insisted that they wanted to come, that they wanted to be part of it, that they wanted to experience it. And we were really concerned because they were very religious in their past. And like I said, one of the things Sonia Lewis had told us is people that are seeking the awareness, people that already have this awareness, that need some guidance, that need some help in dealing with it, or people that come to you seeking this awareness and this experience, don't force this on people. Some people are, are going to experience certain things in a certain way because that's what they, you know, don't, their soul, their consciousness, their experience might be different than yours. So you can't force your experiences on someone else. You can live your experiences. You can be honest. You can be, you can live and be all that you are, including all that you understand. And there are some people that won't understand it. And that's okay. And there are other people that will gravitate towards it. Focus on those people. And focus on sharing the idea of love and the idea that, yes, we are connected to far more than we could imagine. And so in our darkest moments or in our self-perceived biggest struggles and biggest like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen now? <laughs> We're never alone. And they, what we really need to have happen now is that we let go for a few minutes and we get in the place of, of letting go of fear and judgment and connecting with that awareness and connecting with all that guidance, and then the answers can come. It's just that easy. But the answers and the guidance and the inspirations and the wisdom are individual. That's why when you're forming a any sort of religion or any sort of deep spiritual thought and you say, this is the way it is and this is the way it has to be. As soon as those words come out, you can be guaranteed the wrong. <clears throat> they can't possibly be correct. Because for one, as humans and avatars, we'll never know all that there is. And you might might call it 1A and 1B. 1A, you'll never know it all when you're in human form. And, at a, and even as spirits and consciousness, we may only be aware of what's most important or most aware of our experiences as souls and consciousness and beings on other dimensions. 
That doesn't mean we know everything about everything. We know everything about what we've known, about what we've experienced. And 1B is that everything as a human being also comes through your mind and your body, your perception. So I may perceive something. I may call something the light or the source. You might call it the Holy Spirit. I might call something the love energy of the universe, the co-creator of the universe. You might call that Jesus. You might call that Buddha. You might call that any different types of word. You might call that Mother Earth. You might call that the universal one. Those perceptions are going to be what makes the experience individual. Those perceptions are also where we have to be so diligent. Diligent. I'm going to say it wrong. God, I knew I was going to get that wrong way out here. We need to be very focused with intent on holding ourselves and our intentions and our perceptions accountable for being our perceptions, for being our way of experiencing it. And for knowing that if we found something awesome, like me sharing these guided experiences and the guided meditations and, and connections, I want to facilitate that connection for you. I know when you experience it, you're going to experience it in your way. And you might experience it in some ways and there are definitely times along the years that we've had group experiences together and they were amazing. They were also individual. If I told you in the room that you're sitting in or you're listening to me right now, if I said for a moment, put your hands up next to your eyes on the side of your head and only look straight ahead. If you were to right now describe to me what was in the room with you, what your room looked like, only based on what you could see, only based on what you can see looking forward, you might know because you may have previously experienced and hopefully you previously experienced what's around you in the room. So you may be able to say, Charles, looking straight ahead, I can't see it, but there is a bed over to one side or there's a television over here or behind me is a bookcase, but you can't see those things right now. All you can see is what's right in front of you. If I told you, you can only tell me what you can see and what's in front of you. You would not be describing to me what the room was in its entirety. You could say what I can see right now, what I perceive right now, and if I talk to you in the room that I'm in, I perceive right now this giant, beautiful window that I always look out of when I'm doing the shows that I can see the trees and I can see the snow and I can see a little bit of the stars and and. I can see the nature and I can also see a little bit of my meditations poster that I have with different meditations. But I also know that behind me is a bookcase and, and over in the corner of my big, beautiful ficus tree. And, but if I only tell you what I'm seeing in front of me and when I, and so my friends look at reality that way, look at sometimes belief systems that way. At times, we allow ourselves only to look at things in a certain way. And as humans, that really helps us sometimes. Sometimes it helps to have something that we can hold on to, something that can help us get to that next step and then create the new picture. I describe myself as a Christian Buddhist druid, and they're all true. And depending on the day, depending on which one might go first. And I find them to all be... They're at their core, at their core, very much the same. Different generations, different cultures, 
on third dimensional planet Earth have described it and added to that description in different ways at the core, they're the same thing. Having awareness, connecting with what's around you is like removing your hands from your face. Allowing yourself to be able to see and be aware and experience what's around you. You as the individual also get to decide how much of that experience you're ready for. I've talked about before when I used to do the path to total consciousness, there were people that would sometimes come two or three or four workshops in and say, I need to stop for now. I'm enjoying it, but what I've gotten is going to take me months, maybe even a few years to fully process and fully use in my life. And in many cases, those people would come back sometimes a year, months later, sometimes a few years later, and say, I'm ready to continue. <laughs> we can decide what we need. And certainly when we reach out to our guides, we reach out to our teachers, they will share with us the things that we need to learn, the things that we need to share, the things that are important to our lives. And we've talked for a minute tonight, but I, I wanted to share with you some depth. And my friends, have, I might even restart. And, you know, we've, we've been, uh, Blog Talk now has a season thing, you know, like we're on season three, episode, whatever. I might even start this as season four or five, whatever we're up to, and start anew. Because we're going to go, we're on a path here, my friends. And Michael, who I felt, again, at times, I'll go to Michael and I'll say, Michael, you know, I'm sorry this or I'm sorry that or I know I need to do this or I know I need to do more of that. Or is it okay that I'm this person, that person, the other person? And Michael, like the love consciousness, the Christ consciousness, like every consciousness and being and experience that I've had, both dimensionally as well with his, in my peers of shamans, they've all said the same thing. Charles, go be all who you are. And not because Charles is special. Look at me. I get to be all of me. My friends, look at you. You get to be all of you. My mission, my drive, my focus is on creating for you, both in what we do tonight in these shows, as well as what, we, what I want to bring to life in every part of my practice, what I do in my private practice with clients, what I've done with workshops, what I do when I'm doing celebrations of love and life, is create that atmosphere where everyone can be all of it. We're all touched in our own way, as Libra Alberts would say. And if you're one of the people listening to the show and connecting to the type of experiences that I'm talking about, then, my friends, you're touched too, in a good way. And chances are you're not just here for your own experiences. You're here to bring experiences and impact the experiences of others. And I shared it in the, in the description, and it fits within the mysteries of the universe. So I'm going to share just a little bit more about the next thing I talked about tonight is that it also speaks to so much the mind, body, spirit, the dimensions in ways that I don't fully understand. <clears throat> and then we'll get to our meditation tonight. But that is, then I went from my trainings to my ship. And on my, I was on a U.S. Navy destroyer, less than nine months old when I joined the crew. I was a passive sonarman, so I, my talent in the Navy was I could listen to the sounds of screws in the water and, and, and say, 
that's a Russian sub, or that's an Australian freighter, or that's a British destroyer, or that's a Japanese aircraft carrier. And often because of the one thing I learned about the planet and sounds and listening and vibrations is that the oceans and the water and the air around us because of the different layers and they, but especially in water based on temperatures, there could be times that we could be hearing the sounds of the screws of water from a ship or a submarine halfway around the world and it would be traveling through that channel. Traveling through that pocket of water that went around the world at a certain temperature. And I remember at the time thinking how much like spirituality and consciousness that is, like the meditation, that wave, that consciousness that we create when we go into meditation, we go into relaxation that brings us into that vibration of the universe. And, and here I was, in a sense, physically experiencing that with the ocean water and being able to go, that's a Japanese freaking freighter. That's, and then we check in our radars and we check in other ways and realize, yeah, and it's very far away. And so my nickname was Mouse. They'd be like, Mouse, 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 wait, wait, wake up, wake up. We got to come listen, come listen. And I'd go and I'd put on and I'd be like, ooh, well, you know what? That is a Russian song. <laughs> Where is that? What are we looking at here, kids? I was in in the early 80s. Or I'd listen and go, nope, that's this or that's that, you know. And uh, it was a cool, it was cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it was fun. And as part of my being part of the sonar, uh, CIC, as we called it, uh, team where we had the sonar, the tormina, torpedo men, the radar men, and we all had a kind of a command central that was just below the bridge, which is kind of, we always called it the real bridge because people up on the bridge were basically gathering all their information and decisions from people on that CIC below that was bringing in all this different information from radar, sonar, combining it together so that we could see and sense what was happening. Well, and we were stationed out of Charleston, South Carolina, and one particular night, we're on our way to Florida. We were actually going to go, I think, to Fort Lauderdale. Not 100% sure, but I think it was Fort Lauderdale we were going to. But we were doing some trainings, and these were trainings mostly. We had done some earlier trainings that day with other ships where we and subs of our own where we were playing little pretend war games with each other. But now we were all breaking up. They were going their way. We were going our way. And we were heading down because we were this brand new ship. One of the awesome things I got to do is go around, not just in this country, but around the world to different celebrations. And we were like uh, on display with all of our newness and wonderful gadgets that I could probably talk about now because it's been that many years ago. But some of it, I don't know. It, I, I'll, I'll follow my rules and not talk about weapon systems and such because that's not a thing you're ever supposed to really speak of in, in detail. But one particular night, we're on our way down to Fort Lauderdale, my friends, and I was stationed on the bridge. I was on what was called the sound-powered headphones. And they're what connected us with the other parts of the ship, all the different parts, from engineering, torpedo, every, every, every different department connected to these headphones. And there were two of us on the bridge covering about half the ship's areas. Mine was more torpedo and sonar and radar. The other person was more engineering and 
<coughs> some of those other, you know, uh, components. And we weren't on any particular type of exercises. We were actually just doing a systems check, you know, putting everything. We'd been done all this uh, pretend fighting during the day. And so now we were doing a systems check together. And so we were having different systems, you know, reset to this, reset to that. Let's bring our, you know, engineering shut off the screws, turn back on the screws, you know, this area, radar, do a reset, sonar, do a reset. And everything, we just finished, everything was reset, everything was running great. And we were just waiting on some final reports to come in. And all of a sudden, I hear it over my sound power phones. Engineering down, radar down, CIC down, sonar down. Electrical down, da, 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 down, radios down, this down. You know, the only thing that was still working was the sound-powered phones. And the best way to describe sound-powered phones, if you remember the idea of a can with a string or a piece of hose or something, and you have a can on each end, that's what sound-powered phones were. You basically had a headset on with a rubber tube that was going into and connected with all these other rubber tubes. <laughs> And we were just talking to each other <coughs> through a fancy can on a string. And nobody knew what was going on. It was chaos. And so on the bridge, they're saying, you know, last zone of this, last in that, you know, so we're both doing it. It's going back and forth. Radar, our radio was out. For, so our ability to radio, say, another ship and say, hey, other ships, what's going on, was gone. There were also... When you were close enough and you were in a carrier group, you could use signal flags and you could use other ways of lights and flags to communicate with other ships. But we weren't, no other ships were around us. We were going on a solo mission for a few days. We were part of the carrier group. So suddenly we have no way of communicating. All of our systems on this brand new nine month old ship have just died and it stayed that way or a few minutes. And when I say a few minutes, somewhere between 20 to 25 minutes. And it went from a little bit of chaos to a little bit more of calm and everybody waiting and focusing on what engineering and what electrical we're talking about. And the fact that nothing anyone was doing was restarting anything, everything, we were dead in the water literally drifting. And then all of a sudden at once, I can hear it, the other guy can hear it, we're both shouting it at the bridge at the same time. Sonar's back up, electrical's back, this is back up, radar's back up, electrical's back up, engineering's back up, screws are now running, you know, all this other stuff. We came in, every system fully reset itself and we were fully operational. We were then on the radio end, we were actually receiving transmissions reaching out to us, saying, hey, USS, and I won't say, I guess probably doesn't matter, but USS such and such, are you there? Are you there? You know, and, and uh, 
So we part, we start replying, you know, or not me, but the people that were on radio, you'll start replying, yes, you know, we're doing evaluation, something happened. And then the quartermaster, and the quartermaster on the ship is the person that's got all the maps. <laughs> They're like, they got the whole maps, where we're at, what we're doing, because there's things like charted reef that you don't want to run into necessarily, and, and, and you know, uh, in different parts of the world. And, you know, um, so we had the maps. And. He calls over the commander, the CO, and he says, and he, they're, they're trying to get bearings for now, where are we now? This entire time, I've been standing just behind the quartermaster, kind of just off to the starboard side, <laughs> in navy terms, of the, of the, of the uh, quartermaster. And so I see him as he calls over the commander of the ship, and he says, you know, he's, now that everything's back on and, and, working and knowing that we had drifted about 20 some minutes he points to uh and says i think we're about right here and then he then he draws a triangle and he's already charted this little like where he thinks we drifted and where he thinks we are now like he's made a little semicircle on the on the map of we started off here we drifted here now we're here and then he draws a triangle and the CO looks down, and the XO by this point has come over as well, and he's looking, and the CO puts his finger on the map and erases the triangle and says, we're not going there. We're not filling out that paperwork. And then he looks at me and the quartermaster and the XO, and one other person who's on another officer that's off that's on the deck that's on the other side he hasn't seen it but i think he was got the gist of it and he says this didn't happen we are not filling out this paperwork we'll do a full system analysis you know later i talked to the quartermaster there's only a couple hundred of us on the ship so we all knew each other really well and i said were you drawing the bermuda triangle and he goes yes i was and i said so then that little semicircle was us drifting into it and then drifting out of it because yes, it was. There truly is no more to that story. <laughs> That's all I know about it. I know that I've studied and, and, and you know, when you hear all the stories about the Buter Triangle, it's definitely something electrical. It's definitely, and I've come to believe, and it fits into our, this why I made it part of our story tonight, is it's also dimensional. We don't know how our Earth and how our planet connects with these different dimensions. We know that there's vortexes. I've experienced them. I've talked about them before on the show. I know there's vortexes that definitely connect as portals and to being able to see and sense and experience other parts of the dimension. That's there. That's real. So why not one in the water? And then especially when you do explore certain things, you find out that on the opposite side of the earth, there is a similar space and area, just like our Bermuda Triangle, that acts the same way with, with things on the water and things in the air. So there you go. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I wish I could say a bunch more about it. I did want to share it as part of tonight because it was definitely one of the most interesting stories. You know, I, and there's many stories I could share. 
but I thought, you know, that speaks to dimension and speaks to connection as well. In a way I don't fully understand, but in a way that I fully experience. So my friends tonight, it's all about the experience. I've shared with you from my perception, from my experiences, from my heart and my soul, two core experiences in life. One that in these lifetimes, as our avatars, we all have our stick. And a part of that stick, whether it's a physical stick that you have and you carry around with you, or whether it's inside your consciousness and your soul, there's a part of you that has recorded every moment of this life, every experience of this life. And there's a soul and a consciousness that came here to have that awareness and that experience and that connection with other people in your life. And that connection, like Michael said, is a soul brother. And I know, and I've shared before, I know I have many soulmates, meaning people that over, over the times of my lifetimes, in different times that I've experienced being here, as well as the times that I'm not here. I, I've been blessed to have an awareness of that dimension, to truly feel from my perception as though I have seen and experienced well above the game, to where some of the memories that are my deepest, furthest memories not of this lifetime, but of my consciousness, go back to experiences being on other dimensions, experiencing other dimensions with other souls and other consciousness, knowing that many of the mysteries of our lifetimes, including things like the UFOs and the Sasquatch and so many different things that we can't fully explain are very connected to all these different dimensions, all these different worlds, as both Michael and Thornelius have shared with me over the years, the worlds that exist outside of our imagination and our, in our experience. And yet, they can be very tied into our awareness, very tied into creating inspiration and true wisdom and true power and true strength into our missions, especially that mission of love and light. So for my friends tonight, I'm going to, We're going to have some of the music, some of the nature sounds that get us into that relaxed place. And what I want to create for you tonight, my friends, and I've shared, I've shared a lot in some depth tonight, and and it might be one of those shows that you pause and then listen a little bit later. But more, I've shared as deeply and as authentically and as from my heart and soul and consciousness to yours as I could in the hopes that some of that brings some brings to you some wisdom and some strength and the experience for you tonight maybe to experience again or to experience with more depth your own connection your own experience my talent my wisdom my mission is to bring to you that possibility so that you can experience for yourself a connection to your soul, your guide, your spiritual entourage, so that you can begin yourself to see and sense and feel. And as I've shared tonight, I know and I can feel and I can sense that there are those of you out there 
who have been following along and you've been saying, Charles, I'm beginning to see some of the connections in my life. I'm beginning to see some of the things that have brought awareness and experience and guidance and some of the ways and connections that were made in my life that brought me to this place of understanding that on one on one hand I am living this life. I am this avatar who has experienced all the moments of my childhood, the moments of my teenage years, the moments of my schooling, the moments of forming my family and my friends and the connections in my life. And I've got this stick, I've got this experience stick with me. And as each of my experiences and my awarenesses grow, more energy, more experience, more consciousness comes into that living experience stick of this lifetime. And I know too that there's a part of me, a soul, a consciousness that's connected to more. And maybe you felt and maybe you've already connected at a different time with your guide. And tonight what you're going to do is just allow yourself to have some one-on-one time. And maybe you've never allowed yourself that experience of connecting with your guide, of connecting with that part of your that soul, that special consciousness that is connected to your soul, that is there to help you to see above the game, help you to feel your connection to the dimensions that are all around you. And my friends, as we're getting ready and relaxed and into that place to make that connection guide to guide, soul to soul, I've got to give beautiful thoughts and loves to Elizabeth DeFreyas, the artist also known as Elowa, Heart Sounds by Elizabeth. You can go listen to all that beautiful music and have many different meditations that are awesome and beautiful and connected anytime that you want just by going to Heart Sounds by Elizabeth. You can also put Elizabeth DeFreyas' name into your favorite music platform. She is becoming more and more available and her music is more and more available on many of those platforms as well. If you do go to House Towns by Elizabeth, you can also listen to music, download music, purchase some music, and there's a place there that you can just make a donation, a thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth, for providing this beautiful music for us to have as part of our spiritual experiences. And my friends, we are listener-supported, bringing these experiences, bringing this awareness, taking this time and sharing our minds and our hearts and our souls, in our experiences with you, we can only do that and continue to do that because of your love and your support. And there's two ways to do that in this moment. One is to share the show with other people that you think could benefit, that you think might be seeking some of these experiences and awarenesses and growth. And another way, and it's very important for those, and if you're listening to me tonight and you have some prosperity that you can share and you can share towards a mission of bringing relaxation, bringing freedom from fear and judgment, and bringing encouragement and support for people around the world to be all of who they can be. To bring their wisdom and their inspiration, their joys to life. My friends, we need you. And if you can make a one-time donation, even a something small, goes a long way my friends to supporting the show and the expenses and helping with all those that help create everything that we're 
bring to this experience, my friends. You can make a one-time donation, or you can say, Charles, I can, I've looked at things. You know what? I want to help support on a monthly basis, and here's, here's what I can do. Either way, you send an email to relaxletgobe at gmail.com, and you say, Charles, I'd like to support. Here's what I can do. We'll send you an email that has an invoice. It's all processed by Square, one of the biggest processors in the world, and they'll take care of all the processing for you. It comes in a simple email, a simple invoice that you can pay, and there's many different forms of payment. They automatically, I know we have listeners around the world, they automatically have whatever you're paying. They they take care of any um, converting of funds so that, they, so that it comes through the way that we need to. And my friends, it's easy and it's simple, and it helps us so much. I know it takes an extra step, but if we're bringing something that you enjoy, that you love, and these experiences mean something to you, please let us know my friends, by reaching out and making even a small donation. We're giving you everything. We're sharing with you heart to heart. We're giving you the full experiences, the best we can do in this in this setting together where we can share all the different ways and facilitate this experience. So if you can be one of those people that can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation, please do. If you do decide to make a monthly donation, what happens is each month you'll get an email you pay it at your convenience. Nothing automatically comes out. You can cancel or stop at any time. And we thank you, thank you, thank you. Every little bit helps. We do need you to create this message and keep this message alive and growing for you, for all your friends and family, and for all those around the world that seek out awareness that seek out spiritual experience, that seek out clarity, that seek out relaxation. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And if you'd like to take this mission, if you'd like to take this experience to a deeper place, I do do private sessions, and I do private sessions with people here in the Inland Northwest, as well as people around the world. It's been almost two decades now that I've offered private sessions around the world. And we start off with a little video chat, then we have some time together where we have a guided spiritual experience together. Each of those sessions lasts between 90 minutes to two hours. And you can purchase sessions individually and also have three, five, and ten session packages. And because I know everyone's hurting out there and this is a tough time, and I always try to create something wonderful around this time of year for all the different holidays that are coming about, so there is some special savings on each of those packages. You can also receive individual gift certificates that you can email or hand out to people in your life. Gift them a private session. How beautiful is that? And if you'd like those private sessions, you do the same thing. Send an email to relaxletgob at gmail.com and say, Charles, send me some information about private sessions. Super easy, my friend. You make everything easy, beautiful, relax, let go be. Have funds, have awareness, have experience. And those private sessions and those experiences together are completely confidential. And they also, my friends, very much help fund the mission of bringing this message of awareness, this message of peace, this message of 
encouraging each individual to be all of who they are to many people around the world. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. So my friends, I'm going to allow you to get relaxed and comfortable. We've shared a bunch tonight. And we're going to use the music tonight. Tonight, we're going to let the music play us out. So we're going to go into a deep meditative experience together for you to connect with your soul, your guide, your entourage. For you to connect. And maybe some of you will connect with Michael too. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I believe, I don't believe, I know that when we did the show started in uh, 2014, 2015, and when the show started, we had, we definitely had some listeners that would write in and say, I think I connected with Michael as well. I think and Michael might be one of my guys as well. And that, that certainly can happen and be part of it. What I'm going to do is play the music for a few moments, and I'm playing some nice, relaxing, it's called the Rainbow Dance, to me and to Elizabeth who created this, and she created this particular mix of nature and spiritual sounds just for us here on the show and for a special show that we did called Crossing the Rainbow Bridge back a few months ago about connecting to that spiritual consciousness that spiritual awareness, that soul consciousness, and then connecting to those dimensions that are around us. Now, I'm going to allow you to get comfortable and relaxed and just in a peaceful place. Let tonight to be a beautiful experience. Let the sounds of the nature, the sounds of the music, let it flow and bring you some relaxation. I'm going to go quiet for a moment. Just allow yourself a few moments of just being in that relaxed and peaceful place. Just allowing the sounds of nature, the sounds of the earth, of the world around you, and the gentle sounds of the music and the vibration just to begin to bring you into a beautiful, relaxed place. Letting go for a few moments of the stress and the anxiety and going into a deep and beautiful place. Allowing all that's in love and light and all that comes in the name of the Creator and the awesomeness of the earth that comes for the benefit and the love and the encouragement and the awareness and the wisdom for you and your life and your soul and your consciousness. That is the energy. That is the love. That is the intent that anything in love and light, anything that's coming for wisdom, for nourishment, for awareness, this is your moment. Relax and be peaceful. Become very comfortable, very relaxed, making it your intention in this moment to experience to the greatest depth that you can allow that's important for your mind and your body and your spirit in this moment to experience.
Allow yourself in this moment just to take some deep, relaxing breath. To breathe in relaxation and peace. Let go of any stress, anxieties, or frustration. Allow yourself a few moments of just relaxing and going deeper and deeper. Deeper and deeper to the very center, the very core of your consciousness, of your awareness. Allow yourself to begin to sense or feel or experience this beautiful life. This peaceful energy just flowing down into your head. Down into your head and it swirls around inside your brain and it just brings a balance and a peace. Any discomfort, any stress, any strain that you're feeling just melting away as you allow this energy to go deeper and deeper into your mind. More and more into every system and every part of your brain. Just bring a relaxing peace. Balancing healing. Allowing that energy to move out into the muscles in your face. Around your eyes and your mouth. Down into your neck and shoulders and allow yourself to sense and feel this energy, this light, just relaxing every muscle, every cell, every system in your body. Flowing into your lungs, flowing around your heart, flowing down into your stomach and intestine, flowing down to the muscles in your back, Just allowing you peace and relaxation, nothing to think about, nothing to do. Just allowing yourself to become more and more peaceful, more and more relaxed, more and more in the very center, the very core of this relaxing energy. This is your time and your place just to relax and let go and be. that energy, that life, that flow, balancing, peaceful, healing energy to flow down into your legs, to just fill your body, to fill every system, every organ, every part of your body with this beautiful, relaxing energy, just allowing your body this time, this place to relax, to be peaceful. stress or anxiety, any frustrations or fears. For a few moments, just being in a place of peace and relaxation, allowing yourself to experience more and more of the center, 
more and more of the core of your consciousness. Free of any judgments or fears. Free of any anxieties or stress. allowing some moments of peace and awareness, connecting more and more with the very center, the very core of your consciousness, just allowing the experience, allowing the flow. Allowing yourself this moment, this experience, this awareness, to take you deeper than you ever have before. To allow you to experience for the first time or reconnect with the very center, the very core of your consciousness. The source of the flow of this beautiful energy, this beautiful life. To connect with your soul. Your highest consciousness allow your mind and body to be more and more relaxed, more and more peaceful, more and more in the flow of this beautiful life, this peaceful energy. Letting go of any stress and anxiety, any frustrations or fears, any judgments or hurts. Allowing yourself for a few moments to be more and more aware, more and more connected to the very center, the very core of your soul, of your consciousness. Calling on the love and the light of the universe, all that comes for your wisdom, for your strength, for your awareness. Allowing your soul, allowing your spiritual entourage, all the beautiful souls and consciousness. Maybe consciousness and awareness that you've been aware of in your life, that you've connected with before, maybe for the first time, you're sensing and feeling your connection to the beautiful souls, the beautiful consciousness that surrounds you in this moment, that bring you protection that bring you connection to the very center, the very core of your consciousness. And in this moment, in this moment, reaching out, reaching out and saying, my guide, that consciousness, that spirit, that dimensional being that's out there, that's connected to my soul, that's connected to my soul before and during and after this lifetime. I invite you to be present in my experience, present in my awareness in this moment. Help me to remember our connection. Help me in this moment to sense and feel and connect with this special guide, this special angel messenger guide to my soul, guide to my life. I invite you in this moment to come deep into my awareness, 
deep into my consciousness. Bring me the wisdoms and inspiration. Help me to remember our connection. Remember our mission in this life together.
allow yourself in this moment, in this awareness, with this intention to connect even deeper, easier to the strength, to the wisdom, to your own experience of connecting with your spiritual guide, with the part of your spiritual entourage that's there to guide you, to bring wisdom, to bring strength, protection for the spiritual and all things flow through this guide, flow through this entourage. Only things that come in love and light, only things that come for your wisdom, for your strength, for your enrichment are part of your connection a part of your experience. Allow yourself going into this night, going deeper into this awareness. Allow yourself to take this moment to experience, to communicate, to be soul to soul, consciousness to consciousness, awareness to awareness understand more about your soul, your mission, to those who are connected around you. Allow yourself to sense and feel and welcome greetings from the other side. Allow the rest of this night, the rest of this experience to flow to you all the wisdom, all the connection, all the awareness that you need in this moment in your life. Allow yourself to be more and more aware in the next few days and weeks of all the connections in your life all the beautiful ways that there are so many consciousness, souls, humans and elementals that surround your life 
and surround you in love and light and allow you the strength and the wisdom and the awareness to be all of who you are and to bring that love and that light and that awareness and that respect and that strength to all those around you and your friends and your family and your community. I love you, my friends. Good night.